Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. I come here, it felt like I was back home in Redding, California. It's like we come from a church in Redding, California called Bethel Church, and they're known for their music. And uh, while I was worshiping here and getting lost in Jesus, it just felt like I was back home in Redding. The the hearts of worship, how you guys flow and you're all after his face, you have an amazing, amazing, amazing worship team here. Love it. Babe, do you want to come up and say a couple of things? Yeah. Sorry? Mark's my babe too. I love Mark. You got you have a handsome pastor here. You have a very handsome pastor. <laughs> oh man. I want to give you permission. You know, we're gonna start talking. In the room right now, there's someone much more important than me. There's a person who's much more important than me, and his name is Holy Spirit. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He's a person. He's the third part of the Trinity. He's a person, and if you haven't met Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet him in a powerful way tonight. And it doesn't have to look wild and crazy. It can look soft and gentle. And it can also look wild and crazy. You know, God's a gentleman, but he's also very, very powerful. He can arrest people, but in a moment. So I actually believe the Lord could move at any moment. At any moment, God God could move powerfully in the room. And I want to give you permission to lean in. Catherine Coleman would just say, just yield. A A revivalist of old. Just yield to the Spirit. Don't yield to my words, but just yield to the Spirit of God. I am unapologetically preaching you into an encounter with Jesus and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I've got, I'm I'm putting my agenda right on the table. I want you to encounter Holy Spirit. I want you to encounter Jesus. I want you to fall more in love with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I don't want to just give you information. I want the Lord to move powerfully in your heart not just in your in your heart so we just want to give you permission this evening church might look a little different and that's okay when you're in a, a relationship with someone it doesn't make sense for every time when we are in a relationship we are married if, if every time I spend time with my husband if it, if I was trying to recreate a moment and uh, for it to look healthy, I wanted it to look, just hold the cameras, y'all, okay? They're teasing us because we're hugging on stage. Um, but if every time I spent, uh, I, I connected with my husband, if I was still trying to recreate our first date, because it, re- it went really well, I felt safe, I felt loved, I felt special, and, it, and every time I, I was with my husband, I tried to recreate that moment. How many of you know that that actually wouldn't be a healthy, functioning relationship. When we have connection with someone, it must change. It must be different. There are moments in my life where I just want to sit next to my husband 
And you know what? We've had a long day, and it's okay because we don't really feel like talking to each other right then. How many of you have come home from work, and you just you want to sit next to each other, but you don't want to have a lot of chats? And that's okay. If it was always like that, not so great. But if there were moments of that, it's very, very normal and very important. And there are other times where we just want to engage, and I want to look at him face to face, and I want to have uh, one of our, our friends, an elderly couple, they call it knee-to-knee time, when they're just in front of each other and they're connecting and it's uninterrupted and it's you chatting and you can't stop engaging and connecting and, and uh, smiling at one another. That's good too. So I just want to encourage you and give a little bit of a context. It's okay if church and connection with God is diverse and challenging and exciting and vibrant and surprising. That's good because it's a real relationship with God. We can't sing all these songs and not have Him actually do what we sing about. And so tonight, I just want to, I want to speak permission over you to engage with God. If that looks like sometimes you're closing your eyes and just catching a moment with God, He's the reason why you came do that. If that means that you need to, you need to stand up or you need to get on your knees with God, just permission to do that. What a sad day it would be if protocol or if the opinions of other people held you back from fully engaging with God. If I was so aware of all of you that I was too embarrassed to hold my husband's hand or to engage with him, What a sad day that would be. So how much more God? How much more God tonight? And so just to give a a little bit of a background, um, my husband and I, we've been together 10 years, and uh, we've been married for seven. Mark and and Candice actually married us. They officiated our, our wedding. And Gabriel Phillips over here introduced me to my husband back in university. We have uh, such rich history and connection with them. And what an honor to be standing in the VP pulpit. What an honor to be, uh, to be in this house with family and people that we adore. I am, I am overwhelmed. My husband is just overwhelmed with thankfulness that we get to be back in Cape Town and with our friends again. You can see it's real. There's a real connection here. We aren't visiting preachers. This is actually family. And so welcome to the living room tonight. Uh, My husband and I uh, are pastors in a a, a church. It's called Bethel Church in California. We've grown up all our lives in South Africa and five years ago left on an adventure with God. And we are not just pastoring in a local church, but during the week uh, we help. We're part of the team that helps run a ministry school that is not just for a pastor or up-and-coming elders or or deacons in the church, but actually a a school for men and women who want to find and learn how to live out the reality of God, that it's not just teaching, it's not just uh, words on a page, but actually if God is who he says he is, what would that look like in my marriage or my family or my boardroom or my school or my community? And so there's uh, 3,000 students we have in our school, and uh, Richie and I are part of the first year program. So there's 1,300 burning ones who love the Lord, who, uh, who are in the first year program. And we have some of them with us 
tonight. You'll see them a little bit later uh, who have joined us on this adventure. But I want to make one thing clear. Every single one of our students who's on our team is South African. They're not visiting people from other countries who are coming in because the grass is greener on the other side. Actually born and bred South Africans who love God and are so in love with this country. And so we're so excited for what God's about to do tonight. And, uh, and Mark referenced, he said, he used the word revival. And just to give a context, revival, some of you might not be familiar with that language. It simply means a move of God that revives us again. It's not a new thing. It's actually saying God, His heart is to bring us back to the beginning, the garden, where we walked with God uninterrupted and nothing separated us from engaging with God. And and we use a word, a term, a revivalist. And I bet that there would be so many in the room that would say, oh, I don't actually think that's me or that's for the radicals. I'm going to read this uh, definition that as a school and as a team, uh, through the Word of God, we, uh, we wrote together as a definition for revivalist. And I wonder if you are here, not by coincidence or by a good idea, or maybe you were curious, but I really believe that God has anointed men and women in this place to have a, a ministry, to carry an anointing, to revive our spirit, to revive our soul, to revive our economy, to revive us in politics, to revive us in education, to revive us in restoration of family. And so I'm going to read it really quickly so you don't just think we're wild people, but let's put legs to this so you understand. So we said a revivalist is a believer who is focused and passionate, willing to pay any price to live in community, purity, and power because they are loved by God and love Him whose manifest presence transforms culture. And I would really go as far as to say that's a definition of a believer. That we called not just to do good works, but to pursue being known and knowing others, to live a life of purity. And so I just, I want you to open up your hands right now like you're going to receive a gift. For some of you, that's going to be a stretch and a risk. But why not? You've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Jesus, we thank you that there is a ministry, a reviving ministry on the men and women in this community, that you have called them not just to sit under a message, but to become the message. God, you've called them not just to hear good news, but to be good news to the world around them, families, communities. God, that we wouldn't just be a people that do, but we would be a people that know and experience, taste, feel, tangibly experience God for us first. We say, God, impact us, change us first, and let the overflow of that change our nation, change our city, change our region. Change us first, God. Jesus, I pray that what you have done with my husband, a man that was all about the facts and the figures, and you gripped his heart so that, yes, he holds the facts and figures, 
but he caught something else, not just a good message, but that God was after a demonstration of power, a gospel that is show and tell. Yeah, we say, do it with us, God. Do it with us, Jesus. Can I get uh, the, this Bethel team to come up in the front here quickly? There's a lot of them. <laughs> and can you just go like, um, why don't you put your hand on your heart? And I like to get practical. The, the Bible says that uh, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So I, get, I like to get people to say things. I'll tell you why, because when you say it, you start to come into alignment with what he says. So Libby said a bunch of things. She said, talked about a revivalist. She talked about uh, being radical, radical for God. She talked about a revival happening in you. So why don't you say this after me? It says, uh, I declare that a revival is happening here. God, would you revive me? Would you cause an internal revival to happen? God, would you encounter me tonight? And then turn to the person next to you and say, I, I hope that you get so wildly encountered tonight. <laughs> and, and now I'm going to stretch you. I want you to look at the floor, look at the carpet. And I want you to say, carpet, you're my friend. Tonight, I make friends with you. If tears land upon you, I embrace it. If I'm on my knees with you, we're going to be friends tonight. <laughs> I, I just, uh, you know, I believe God still speaks today. You know, in the Old Testament, there were these, these famous dudes called prophets. They would go around and they would know stuff about people and they would single people out. And they would actually change the trajectory of people's lives just by a word that they had. And God, kind of there was a ladder between the prophets and God. But now it says in Hebrews 1 that actually in the old days, God spoke through the prophets. But in these days, he speaks through his son, his, through his son Jesus. And where does Jesus dwell? Jesus rests right here in me, in you, and in these guys here. These guys have traveled from afar. They've traveled from, uh, some drove 14 hours, some from Bloom, some from Cape Town. And some of these guys, I, I really feel like have some words for some people in the room. Is that okay? And, and what I'd like is if you, if you get singled out, you might get a little bit shocked. Maybe it's the first time you've ever had something like that happen to you. That's okay. What I want you to do, I want you to lean into it. I want you to lean into what the Lord's saying. Not into the moment, not into the attention, but lean into what the Lord's saying and kind of yield, let go a little bit. Let the Lord minister to you. And if someone gets singled out in the room and it's not you, I want you to partner with that moment. Partner with it and kind of agree in your heart, like, yes, God. It could be the transforming, changing moment of that person's life. It could be a defining moment that changes someone's marriage. It could be a defining moment that changes someone's now. Is that okay? I'm just helping you to steward the corporate anointing. I actually have a, um, a word for the body um, for you guys. I firstly just want to say I am so undone by your church. Um, we were chatting yesterday, and we got marked by prophetic words yesterday. Um, we came looking to give, but we just received so much, and I just want to thank you and honor you guys. We, yeah, got some radical words yesterday, um, and I was just praying for the church on Thursday morning, and um, I 
Jesus, eu sou muito grata pelo Senhor, e eu vi a diversidade nesta igreja, something we just don't talk about we just the church hasn't gone there yet in terms of reconciliation and i just feel like there's something particularly on this church you guys carry the ministry of reconciliation so powerfully and i just i just feel the scripture for you guys 2 corinthians 5 verse 16 to 20 i'm going to read it out of the message it goes because of this decision which is getting saved and um, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now because we've become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. And I felt like there's just something so beautiful about the unity that you carry as a church. And I saw a lighthouse and I just saw just people streaming in the broken, like people who have never felt like they belong from the poorest of the poor to the richest of the rich, men and women, different races. Like I feel like you carry, I feel like the Lord even says now you're a prototype for what the church is supposed to look like in terms of reconciliation. And I feel there's such power in your stories. I, I see like a panel um, of you guys just sitting and sharing stories and actually the stories carry keys to unlock hearts like I feel like there are people who are going to come in here who carry radical like absolutely anti-Christ views around another race group and literally they'll hear a story and their hearts will be like ripped open and changed um, and I just love the definition of reconciliation one of them is the action of making one view or belief compatible with another and I feel like that's what this church does when you come in Man, you just love Jesus. You love Jesus and you represent him so well. And you can't help but encounter him. And as they encounter him, they will encounter each other in a right way. And I actually just feel like for you, Lee, um, I just see you guys writing songs that actually carry songs of reconciliation. And I see albums where that won't even just stick within the church. Like I feel like they will actually be spread wide and literally, um, yeah, see, I even see them being played on KFM. Like, um, yeah, I just feel like there are songs that don't necessarily speak of Jesus, although I do see some worship albums, but I see songs that literally people will encounter God. They will just be like, oh, like stuff will come off. Like people will, I just see like this radical, like place for forgiveness and just coming to him and just repenting. I just see, yeah, you really carry something very powerful and I just see your team running along with you. And then for just Mark and Gabe, I just see, it's crazy that we have this book here, but I actually saw something like this um, um, with reconciliation and there's just your stories to gather the stories in this church I really feel like um, there's just such power in your testimonies that when people read stories and when you guys are out like ask people their stories because I feel like you're going to be in your workplaces or at your schools and people are going to make comments and you're going to go actually I know a story of this guy and he did this 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 and it's literally 
gonna, it's going to start creating this breakthrough and this momentum um, for mind shift changes and heart changes. Yeah, and I just bless your church. I, I, yeah, God, I just bless the diversity. God, I bless the unity over this church. I bless their ministry of reconciliation. God, I thank you that they have, they have braved the waters where it has been uncomfortable. They have kept on going. And I just feel like the Lord honors you tonight honors you for stepping onto those rough waters and negotiating this thing. And yeah, there is just such a raising of your profile in the community. I feel like you're going to see churches coming to to ask you what is going on. Like, how did you get this right? And even just organizations outside of the church, they're coming to to ask you, how did you get this right? And I just feel like it's, it's your story. Your story is powerful. And there's nothing that you can do. God is God is doing this. I just love it. I just feel like you guys live with your hands wide open and God is gonna take what you've got and just absolutely multiply it. Oh, I love it. Quite often when a word gets released over a church, we can think it's for an organization and not for you. It's this is not for an organization, an ethereal like group a transient group. This is literally for you. There are the, you are the church and you are a vessel of reconciliation. You are the one that brings reconciliation between the poor and the rich. You're the one that brings reconciliation between race groups. You are the one that carries it. So put your hand on your heart and say, that's me. lady with sunglasses on. Can you stand up, please? Thank you. What is your name? Nicola. Um, Nicola, I just, um, I just saw the Lord giving you a key. Um, and I just really feel like he's about to, or he is busy unlocking places within your, within your heart um, that have been um, put aside. Um, and that he is busy just touching you right now and is just unlocking, and he's going to flood you. He's just going to, he's just pouring out his love over you, and he's going to fill you so much that you're going to be so overwhelmed with his love, and that you are not going to know what has hit you, (laughs) because you are going to know him like you've never known him before, and the depths of his love for you, because he loves you deeply, 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 and passionately. Yeah. So we thank you, Jesus. We just say more of your love. Yeah. Thank you, God. Mm. Um, tonight, I'm going to be bold, and I want you guys to be bold. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I just feel like there's people here tonight with broken hearts and disappointment and if that's you I want you to stand up. Be bold. Don't 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 be shy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's like I'm broken heart and um disappointment. So I just I just want to release a testimony. Last night um last year when I went to uh Bethel, I had a broken heart and I had I had so much disappointment in my life. And then I had this radical encounter with God where he actually pierced right through my heart. And he gave me this key, this key, and I want to give it to you all tonight. And the key is thankfulness. He said to me, thankfulness is the way to 
break your heart open and just be honest with God. So I just, I just want to release a boldness over all of you guys tonight. The disappointment, the broken heart is there for a reason. It is not because God made it happen, but because God wants to show you something about himself. God wants to show you he is good, he is kind, he is compassionate, he has mercy. So I just release that over all you guys tonight. The broken heart and the um, disappointment is not the end. It is not the end. I am a testimony tonight. God restored my heart. He is the restorer. He is the redeemer. So I just release that over you guys tonight. Okay? Don't give up. Okay? Awesome. Um, so today is Father's Day. I'm Sherelle, by the way. You guys are beautiful. <laughs> today is Father's Day, but I believe that every day should be Father's Day. Not just today. So all the Father's Day gifts. <laughs> um, and the Lord just told me to release um, a song over you. So if you are a dad and if you are able, I would love for you to stand up. And... Um, I would love for you to just close your eyes and just open your hands and receive. I'm so honored. And I stand here um, representing all of your children and representing everything that you have done for us as fathers. So just close your eyes and receive. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving with an open heart like Jesus does. For the love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. So that when we look in your eyes, we would see God. Even in just a smile, we would see the Father's love. Thank you for loving with open arms like Jesus does. With a love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. So that when we look in your eyes, we would see God. Even in just a smile, we would see the Father's love. Do you know that all your life tells of who he is <laughs> the wonders of his never ending love oh do you know that all your life tells of who he is oh the wonders of his never ending love so thank you for loving with open arms like Jesus does. With a love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. So that when we look in your eyes, we would see him. Even in just your smile, we see the Father's love. I just honor you all as fathers. Thank you for all that you've done for us as children, and we need you. We need you as our fathers. So thank you. Thank you.
Can we just give a round of applause for dads? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to share a little bit, and then we can do something fun at the end. Uh, but at any moment, I give you permission uh, to experience the power and the presence of God. He's here in such a thick way. I can see across the auditorium, I'm just looking at tears just dropping in different people's eyes. And uh, I just thank you, God, that you're here in such a powerful and a present way. And uh, I, I love church, but I don't love just doing church. I love meeting with Jesus. Love it. Absolutely love it. I remember I was in a meeting, and uh, I was speaking in a meeting, and there was a lady sitting. Um, she was sitting around about where you are. What's your name, man? Le? Linelza, I like you. You're great. You're really great. God's on you right now in a powerful way. He's moving in your heart significantly. There's just such a presence and a power, and He's arresting your heart, and it's for your family. But there was a, there was a lady who was uh, sitting right there uh, when I was speaking, about three rows back, just to the left. And while I was speaking, I just saw her starting to weep and weep and weep and weep. And I was doing a special uh, a session where I spoke four times in a row. And as she just wept and wept, she, she sat through all four sessions, just weeping, to the point where it was actually a little bit distracting. It's okay if you guys do that. But I remember, I remember going to her after the fourth session and sitting with her and saying, like, like, saying like hey, ma'am, can I help you? And, uh, and she didn't respond to me. And then I tapped her on the shoulder and she turned to me and she put her hearing aids in. And then she said to me, sorry, I, I couldn't hear you, but the presence of God was just so powerful and so, um, so strong that I was just filled with, like, I just started to weep. And I was like, oh, wow. And I just started to weep. And I was like, wow. Because sometimes Jesus can move the heart. That's why. You know, I'm not all about tears, but actually he's after the heart. You didn't think your way into the gospel. It was through your heart you entered the gospel. I was a very heady, cognitive guy, engineer. I didn't think my way. I didn't explain my way into the gospel. Jesus gripped my heart and was experience of the heart. And that's how I got into the kingdom of God. And that's actually what I hope tonight, that you actually have an experience of the heart. And this lady, I remember after I, um, about 10 minutes later, I went, oh, sorry, about 20 minutes later, I went outside and she stops me in the corridor. And she said to me, the craziest thing happened. She said, I've never experienced the presence of God like that in my life. And she's talking to me again with her ears, uh, with her eyes um, tearing up, tearing up. And she pulls her hearing aids out again. And she said, you know, for 15 years, I have not been able to hear a word without these hearing aids. But as I left the room, I went into another uh, place where someone was talking. And they were talking. And I thought, let me just try this. And she took her hearing aids out. And as they were speaking, she could hear every single word. Every single word. Just like Mark was talking about earlier, is he's, he, he's not just the one that outstretches his hand to heal. In his presence, there is healing. In the presence of, I actually believe, see, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelations 19 says, which means the stories of Jesus prophesies. So you can actually just hear a story 
and you can receive it like someone's called you out of the crowd and prophesying over you. You can receive a testimony, a story, just like somebody has called you to stand up and speaking life of you. The testimonies of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So I'm just declaring that people are going to get so healed physically just because of the presence of Jesus. Not even because of the laying on of hands, but the presence of Jesus. I remember there was a man, he was, stand, he was sitting about, uh, what's your name, sir? Hugo. Hugo, dressed smart today. I like it. Uh, he was standing about where you are. Exact same thing seemed to happen to him in the meeting. Uh, it was about a month later, and he sat through all four of these sessions, just wept and wept and wept. And then he caught me in the parking lot afterwards. He said, sorry, young man, I just need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And uh, he called me in the parking lot, and he said to me, you know, while you were speaking this like, I don't know what you were saying, but this, it just I felt the presence of God, and I was moved to tears, and I'm not one that cries too often. And he told me the story. He said, you know, he was driving past the airport, and the Lord spoke to him and said, buy a ticket and fly to Redding, California. And he flew to Redding, California, and it was the first meeting he'd ever been in, in a Bethel meeting. And he sat there, and as he sat there, the presence of God came, and he started to weep. He walked outside of the room, and someone said to him, excuse me, sir, can I pray for you? As they said that to him, he fell out under the power of God. He fell down onto the ground and God's power rested upon him. And he, he started to tremble under the goodness and the power of God. And he said to me, you know, do you know why that's so significant? He said, because for 22 years I've been a Christian and I've never experienced the power of God. And today, today was my day where I experienced him for the first time. Maybe you hear and uh, I tell that story and you're like, oh, wow, I've never, I've never had an encounter with God before. I've never had a, a tangible encounter with God before. Or maybe you have. Maybe it's your first time and maybe it's your 50th time. But I, I am so excited that people would encounter Jesus in a powerful and a tangible and a beautiful way. I love that. You know, love looks like something. I told the story, I think, when I first was here, uh, a few, like about four days ago. But on my wedding day, when Mark was standing uh, on, my, on my right and Gabe was standing on my left, I remember when my bride came around the corner, and as I saw the glimpse of her white dress, a new manifestation of love happened to me for my bride. And my lips started to quiver like this. And it started to shake like a, I don't know, and, uh, and Gabe was sobbing, uh, and the rest of my groomsmen were laughing. And uh, I think Mark was, I've even got a photo where Mark's laughing. And, uh, and from that moment on, my groomsmen started calling me gums. But I, the reason why I tell that story is because sometimes when we encounter love, something new sparks inside of us, a new manifestation, a new way, a new expression of love starts to happen. And what if we fell so in love with Jesus that it looked like something? 
What if we fell so wildly in love with Jesus that it started to spill over the way that we treated our spouse? What if we fell so in love with Jesus, it started to change the way that we interacted with the person in the grocery store? What if we fell so in love with Jesus that actually we started to tremble under his power? What if we started to fall so in love with Jesus that we tangibly came up and it felt like he was right face to face with you? Oh, Jesus. I love Jesus. It says in Colossians, I mean, in 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verses 1, it says, When I came, this is Paul speaking. Paul was a great apostle. Uh, He said, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come to you with eloquence or superior wisdom. As I proclaimed to you the testimony of God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest in men's wisdom, but in God's power. I love Paul. You know, this was in Corinth, which was the capital city. It was known for being politically aware. It was known for being commercially aware. It was known for being religiously diverse with over 100 temples there. And why I tell you that that context is actually I, I feel you're in one of the capital cities of the world. You're in one of the capital cities of the world that is religiously diverse, that is culturally diverse, that is commercially diverse, politically diverse, very different to the rest of our nation. And, and I think it's a similar context. I can imagine Paul traveling throughout a region and him doing something quite similar that he did in this capital city. And he said that he went around the region proclaiming the testimony of God. Do you know what that is? It's the stories of Jesus. He went around telling the stories of Jesus, not with wise words and eloquence and wisdom, but to demonstrate the power of God so that people wouldn't put their trust in men's wisdom, but in God's power. I love it. So what I wanted to do, you know, in Thessalon- 1 Thessalonians 2, um, 1, 2, Thessalonians 5, uh, 2, verse, 2 Thessalonians 5 verse 8, it says, love the people enough to share the gospel as well as your lives with them. So I, I wanted to tell you a couple stories, but I don't want to just tell you a story. Like what I said, a testimony, a story of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what I'm doing is I'm going to share some of my most precious, precious stories with you, but I'm going to prophesy that the same happens with you. I'm actually prophesying and investing into your spiritual bank account that actually the same things would happen in your life. And uh, it says in, um, in Daniel 11.32, it says that those who know their God will do great exploits. Say no. I like it. <laughs> it's like when you get to the age of two, there's two-year-olds, no, no, no. Um, and it says those who know their God will do great exploits. That word no actually in the Greek means uh, yada. So say yada. It's the same word that's used actually in Genesis when it says that Adam knew Eve Adam yarded Eve, and they bore a child. It's this experiential knowledge. It's this experience that bears fruit. 
those that yarded experientially know God will do great exploits, will do great things. It's the same word in Genesis 18 when it talks about actually uh, um, Abraham made covenant with God. Yada, it's the same word. It's those that make a promise with God and then great exploits follow. It's the same word actually where it talks about God knew David in Psalm 139 where it says he knew every single thing about him. He knew him so, so, so well. He yarded everything about him. And then great exploits. I radically believe that people are going to have a yarder moment tonight. People are going to be have a yarder experience and a yarder marketing that will produce great exploits beyond their nat- natural capabilities, beyond just what they could do and work up and muster up through their own skill. But those who have these experiences with Jesus, these experiences with God, actually great exploits follow. That's why I'm so excited and I'm so hungry for people to tangibly experience God because when they experience Him, great things follow. I remember um, one of my, the first times I experienced God, I shared a little bit of this, but when, it was, when I met my bride, or my wife, I remember meeting her and she was, um, she was just an anomaly to me, absolute anomaly. I remember meeting her and she was, um, she, she was quite ill at the time and she had a pressure on the brain and uh, uh, she had to li- lay back for eight hours during the day and I said, oh, that's so tough. And she said, no, it's okay because God would just come and hover over me and he would just speak to me for eight hours straight. And I was like, what? Is this even possible? And so she actually became the window of the more of God to me, which sent me on a pursuit in my room to pursue and to seek out more of God. And I saw something in her that there was more than I was experiencing now. And, uh, and what happened was I went back into my room and I started to meditate on Psalm 63 with my guitar, my two chords that I knew at the time. And I meditated on Psalm 63 where it said, my body longs for you, my soul thirsts for you in a dry and weary land where your love is better than life itself. And I would meditate and I would meditate and I would meditate waiting for me to have that yada moment, that moment where like a raindrop or the rain falls upon you in the spirit, where I experience God. I wouldn't just hear about him or know about him cognitively, but I'd actually start to experience his love. And I waited and you know what happened? Nothing. And so like for four months, I just sat and I would just wait on God with my guitar, hungry to experience the fullness, to experience God in a tangible and a powerful way. Hungry, hungry, hungry. And then one day, it was like a teardrop. It was like just a raindrop that fell. I was doing the exact same thing, hungry for God. And after four months, like a raindrop sitting in my room in Spo Place in Ganey Park, Durban, South Africa. It was like this little raindrop fell. And I said, I've got it. I've got it. That's it. I knew it was real. I knew that it was real. I knew it wasn't just for the special few. I knew it wasn't just for the angelic Libby. I knew it was real. I knew that I could have a deeper, intimate love relationship with Jesus. I knew it. I knew it. And what followed from that was just dynamic. Uh, I'm going to tell you one more story of a waterfall moment that happened in my life. Because sometimes God comes like a raindrop 
And sometimes God comes like a waterfall. And you've got to be okay with both. And they both carry radical power. So don't, don't limit the Lord. I pray that there's water drop moments, but I pray there's waterfall moments that happen. Waterfall moments. Put your hand on, on your heart and say, God, I want a waterfall moment and a welcome, a raindrop moment. I remember it was the first time Libby ever invited me to a prophetic meeting. Maybe this is something a little bit like this, a little bit out of the ordinary. Libby invited me, and uh, I remember going and being a little bit nervous. I was like, oh, I don't know. And so she invited me to go, and I went to this uh, meeting. I remember this person was speaking about Jesus, and they just loved Jesus so much. And I was, I was absolutely blown away, not about what the person was saying, but the love of Jesus in the room. Just this beautiful presence of Jesus everywhere. And while they were speaking, they got to a point where they were praying for people. And I started to see people experience the power of God. And it was a little bit different to me. I've, I hadn't seen that before. I, I started to see people fall out under the power of God. I started to, like earlier, we had like someone sp- like crying out under the power of God. Uh, and it just was a little bit uh, different for me. And, but it felt like love. It felt like Christ's love was in the room. And, uh, and so I, w- I was hungry for that. I remember I stayed all three nights. And on the last night, uh, I remember one of the guys got up and started sharing. And one of the guys got up and he started releasing different things in the room, different mantles. He started to pray different stuff in the room. And the one thing that he started praying, he said, I release, I declare that there's going to be an anointing for pastors in the room. And he said, I declare there's going to be anointing to see people healed in the room. I declare there's going to be anointing for worship leaders in the room. There's going to be anointing for business people in the room. And as he started saying these things, I started to see people tremble under the goodness and the love of God for the first time. And they started to fall out. And I thought like, ooh, it's a bit much for me. And uh, I remember uh, he got to the last moment. And I don't share this very often. But he got to the last moment. And he said, okay, I'm only going to share one more thing. I'm only going to release one more more prayer. And he said, okay, it's only going to come on a couple people. And when it does, just get out their way because it might look a little messy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get out the way. (laughs) And and then he said, it's coming on one, two, and three. And he said, I declare just signs and wonders, which is the miracles and the healings of God. I declare a mantle of signs and wonders coming on. And as I did that, I started to step back, and it was like the Lord's power hit me. And I flung back three rows of chairs, and I took out a bunch of people and two grannies. And and I went into this experience with the Lord, this encounter with the Lord, this yada moment, this marking moment, this experiential knowing moment with God that actually started to send me into an encounter like Gabe was talking about yesterday, about come up here, the angels of the Lord saying, come up here, at a come up here moment where I started to experience God in it. And I'm a heady guy. I've got a master's in engineering, a heady guy. I, I started to experience God in an ecstatic and a raptured heavenly type of way. It was, it was beautiful. And uh, some of you here are like, yes, I want that. Me in that moment, I was like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I, had no ex- I had no clue for it. 
no grid for it, no understanding for it. And But God arrested me in a moment, what a waterfall yada moment. And I went into this experience where the Lord started to visit me. And actually what started to happen, and I'll get really vulnerable with you, I actually started to tremble and my body would shake and I would start to experience heat. And I would start to experience these different things. And it lasted for about four hours. And then it paused. And then it lasted again. And it lasted for seven days. And I slept three hours a night. And I would just shake and I would burn up. And I thought I was going a little bit crazy. Some of my friends thought I was going a little bit crazy. But I'd never experienced, I'd never fallen more in love with Jesus. I was so wildly, wildly in love with Jesus. And post that. See, whenever there's a yada moment, whenever there's a deep experiential moment with Jesus, fruit starts to happen. It was just like Adam yarded Eve, and then they bore a child. It was just like where it talks about Daniel, those that yarder their God, know their God, will do great exploits. And I remember shortly after that, uh, I, I, was, I would have these experiences where at the night, at the night time I'd fall asleep, and I had these uh, encounters where angels would visit me or the Lord would come and speak with me. And there was this one moment I was doing my master's degree in engineering and I was studying, uh, uh, I was working with the military at the time, arms corps at the time, and I was doing a master's in telecommunications. And I was stuck to the point where I was actually gonna quit my master's. And I, I remember falling asleep that night and an angel came to me in the night and he handed me a piece of paper. And then the Lord said in the dream, he said, this is a telecommunications algorithm. And I said, uh, and I opened up in the dream, I opened up the telecommunications algorithm and it said AODV. And the Lord said, this is going to be the cornerstone for your masters. And I woke up in a cold sweat and I went to the computer and I started to research it out because I had no clue what it was. And it turned out to be ad hoc on-demand distance vectors, which is a short of path telecommunications algorithm. I started to research it out. It became the cornerstone of my dissertation. And then I went on to publish it. And what would happen is that it, it wasn't just that easy. It would actually, I would, I would do mathematical modeling and simulating for my dissertation. And whenever I get stuck, I would go to bed and I'd fall asleep and I'd have a very similar experience where the Lord would counter me at night and I'd get this piece of paper and I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have a solution for my mathematical modeling. So now... I, I, don't, I don't share this often, but in Galatians 2.20, it says, No longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives within me. And the life that I live now, I, I live through the Son of God. It's not boasting about me, but it's actually boasting about Christ that actually when we have an experience with Jesus, great exploits follow that's beyond our natural capability. What happened with this, uh, with, with this dissertation, it ended up going on to getting published in uh, I think I got six international publications and a bunch of na uh, local publications. I got flown around the world to speak at different things. But the one where it just, God just blew me away. I remember going to this one um, conference where I was speaking at, at a military conference, one of the national military conference for South Africa. And I got put with the keynote speaker for the event because the dissertation and the work that I did from the encounter was so significant and so influential. So I got put with the keynote speaker, which is the defense minister of India. And so we were speaking, and in the audience was the head of the army, the head of the navy, the head of uh, the air force, the U.S. defense representative, the U.K. representative, and different uh, defense force ministers. Uh, 
um, from different, and the reason why I share that is because when we have these experiences with Jesus, these yada moments, these marking moments with God, it causes great exploits that start to happen. It causes these overflow moments that give you favor beyond your natural capability. It's just what Daniel did. Daniel actually had favor with kings that he should never have favor with in the Old Testament. It's actually these moments. So many of us want to have these moments, but we don't want to have these marking moments with Jesus. And actually, I celebrate the marking, ecstatic, marking moments with Christ. I celebrate them. There was another one I remember... um, I remember going to the last one I'll share. I remember uh, I had these experiences, and I remember um, uh, saying to myself, if this is just for the special few, then I'm like, no, I don't want it. So I, I said to myself, well, what I'm going to do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test it on the kids. So I was, I'm a, I was a Sunday school teacher, love Sunday school, still wish I could do it, love it. So I had a group of 10-year-olds, how old are you? 11, so you weren't in my group. <laughs> I had a group of 10-year-olds in my group, 15, 10-year-olds, and they all were there. And so what I would do is I, I, uh, I remember I would say, okay, if this is real, if it's, if it's really real, then the kids will see right through it. If it's really real, if it's fake, if it's made up transient, it, the kids will see straight through this thing. And so what I wanted to do, I didn't want to tell them what I was experiencing because I didn't want them to copy it. I didn't want to tell them the, the experiences that I was having with the heat on my body. I didn't want to tell them the experiences I was having where I would hear things and people, God would speak to me about different people that are going to get healed. I didn't want any of that. I wanted to see if it was real. So I sat with the kids and I took my guitar and I strummed these two chords and I would just meditate on Psalm 63 and I would tell the children, why don't you just lay out and I'll just say to them, hey, why don't you just lay out and afterwards, just tell me if you experienced anything of the Lord. And one after the other, they would come to me and say, Rich, while I was laying out, I started to shake under his goodness and under his love. And what is that? My right hand started to shake a lot. And I was like, I, I, was like, I just celebrated them. I was like, I don't know, but that's just beautiful. That's Jesus. And then one after the other said, it felt like there was this angel that came and started speaking to me. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. That must be Jesus. And then another one came and it felt like there was heat from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And I said, oh, that's beautiful. That must be Jesus. It says in, in Hebrews 1, 7 that the angels are like fire and wind. If you ever feel the heat of God, that's the angelic. And, uh, and then one would come and say, oh, and I started to hear God speak to me. He started to speak to me about peace. I was like, oh, that's Jesus. And I started to realize, oh no, this isn't made up. This is actually real, tangible, and it's accessible for every single person. Every single person. You don't have to, you don't have to be a special, wild-looking, crazy person. It's actually available for all. For all. Man, I remember the first time I did, one of the first times I prayed for healing, I remember I would do it with my Sunday school class, and I remember we called up people for healing, like what we're going to do in a little while. And I remember um, one of my little kids, she was in grade four, uh, grade uh, six at the time. She comes up, and she's trembling under the power of God, and we go to pray for this person. And as we pray for this lady, her name's Norma. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She couldn't walk for three weeks. And while we pray for her, she just gets overwhelmed by God's goodness. And she falls out 
to the ground just under his love and under his goodness. And she starts to tremble under his love and under his goodness. And this little girl starts to pray for her. And then we go down to her and we ask her how she's doing. And she says, the craziest thing, I have no more pain. All the pain's gone. But she said this to me. She said, with tears in her eyes, she said, you know, I've been a Christian for 22 years. And today was the first time I've ever experienced His power. Oh, that wrecked me and ruined me. That there's more for people. There's more for people. Close your eyes. God, right now, not a charismatic wind-up, no harp, no nothing, Jesus. God, I just pray that your love would start to enter the room like a wave and that you would just start to crash in with your love. Overwhelm people with your love, Jesus, from head to toe. Overwhelm people with your love, Jesus, just from head to toe. Overwhelm people, God. Just start touching hearts, touching heads. God, I pray, God, for waterfall and and, uh, teardrop moments right now. Across the room, lean into it. Lean if the Lord, if you started to experience the presence and the power of God, I want you just to start leaning into it right now. God, we just welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome your Holy Spirit here in a powerful way. And if you could just all just stand up to the